Thanks, bro. I'm stoked to be here. Excited to have you, man. We've been having some messages back and forth in Messenger, and I've uh, been looking forward to this for it's been a couple weeks already since you scheduled it because this is the first one of the new year that I'm officially uh, recording. So, oh, that's dope. Let's get 2020 <laughs> started right. Let's do it. That's right, man. So, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you live, and uh, what's going on with your business. And uh, what uh, I know you said it'd be cool to make friends, which will definitely happen and usually does. But I'd love to know what you think that you could use the most help with that I could potentially uh, provide some help with on today's call. So, cool. Um, so, a little bit about me. Born and raised in Hawaii, um, cool. went to school in Santa Barbara, so it's been a really rough life. I got through it. Um, <laughs> now I'm down in LA. Um, it's really rough there if you have to traffic. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of friction in this town, man. Like, I got the bird from a mom who, uh, she had her kids in the back of the van and she was just dropping the bird on me and I'm like, dude, <laughs> what are you teaching these kids? This is crazy. <laughs> Um, hostility there but, in, but anyways i've i've been doing so i did i did the film school thing in santa barbara okay. did a couple of short films i went into it with a huge ego at the the age 18 i'm like i'm only gonna direct i'm only gonna do these art pieces and i'm never ever ever gonna do like commercial stuff sure. um and then five years of restaurant work just broke me down and i'm like dude i'm not doing this forever <laughs> this sucks so <laughs> yeah. um about a year ago, I started doing more commercial work, um, and it's been real slow moving, but I've, I've got a couple thousand dollar jobs, mm-hmm. nothing super major. Um, I have not found a niche yet. I know that's big for you is finding the thing that you want to do forever. Um, I've not found forever, that. I'm, I own it. I'm always probably plugging here and there because there's always that interpretation because sometimes I don't even know what the heck I'm saying because I'm just, I'm flowing. But at times it's like, yes, there's power in that, but the forever part I know that I finally have come to a realization in my own life that what I'm doing today is not going to be exactly what I'm doing 20 years from now. Now, totally. versions of the activity, sure, maybe, but like there's a whole bunch of variants that I think are always going to continue to evolve in our life and to think that we're going to find one thing and one type of people or whatever that we're going to do forever is, would also be crazy on the extreme level. But there is power and focus for sure. I mean, I, I believe that 100%. Cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so you're just saying more focus on one thing. Like right now, it'd be better for me to find like a niche, like say it's corporate videos, lean into that until either I hate it or I'm ready to move on to the next thing and kind of like get really good at that thing. Yeah, well, because there's, there's that level of um, – I was just talking to somebody right before this about that whole if you have an exit strategy before you've entered – it's not a great place to start from. So I use the best example I've seen, especially in video in general, is that weddings can be one of the easier things to get into. You know, but, but here's what happens, right? This is the thing about weddings. They've already defined your target market. You know it's a female. You know that they're engaged. You know, there's a lot that you know that in a lot of areas, you don't, who do I talk to? Where do I market? Where are those people? All that is kind of, you know, put right in your face pretty clearly for the most part with weddings. But I see so many people who right out of the gate know with every bone in their body that they hate weddings. Like they don't want to do weddings. Now, not everybody, (laughs) but of the people who I've seen do that or think that way or believe that three years in, they're still struggling with this easier business, right? Of doing weddings because at the end of the day, there's always back in their head says, 
if I didn't have to do this, I wouldn't do this. I don't want to do this. Like I hate this. So it's, it's, it's that blend of what is that activity? I'm always going for the activity. Now people could say, well, I'm all filming. So I could film a wedding and I could film this. Well, that can be true, but I still know people who just weddings are high pressure. They're stressed. There's a lot around it that some people's personalities, they just don't jive with. And so in that vein, when I ask people the question, what would you do if you didn't need, no, didn't need money? A lot of people either have no clue on earth, like nothing. They have no idea whatsoever, which then it's just yeah. experiment. Take action. Try things. As you're doing it, do it through a lens of, I hate it. I don't, I don't see myself doing that for a week, a month, a year, anything. Then there's the like, yeah, I enjoy this. And it, and it still is in the direction of what you want to go. Because sometimes I always use that, you know, a baby has to like, be taken care of when it's born. Like it just can't take care of itself. And there's a process until it can. And so at times, the people who know what they want say it was directing. There might be stuff you don't want to do as much or you're saying, i.e., boy, it really sucks to, you know, have to work at the restaurant the whole time while I'm just focusing on this. But there's also that level of, well, what things are you doing that still are in the direction of getting you up to where that could be the regular thing. And are you doing things like the restaurant? Yes, pays money, but does it have anything to do with moving you forward in the direction of being able to be directing things all the time? So, so many times people are doing things that have no correlation to what it is they want to do, knowing what they want to do. And then the other question is if you start to do other things that are more in line, either one, does the other thing not seem as sexy? Because for me, I got into film and video because really my dad was into movies. He was into filmmaking. He was into directing. He was into writing. And so I happened to run the camera. And when I started my company right at the end of high school, I thought at the time, because I had no clarity in direction, that I was going to do more movies with my dad and stuff. And the more some of the other things which I didn't hate nor knew any different at the time, which happened to end up being weddings for me, the same day edit and the instant gratification of doing work and getting a result and seeing the reaction was unlike anything I was experiencing with my dad in movies because we'd spend freaking two years making something and be lucky to get people to see it and get a reaction. So I started to inch away where I'm like, I don't even really, this thing I thought I wanted, I don't really love. So sometimes until you do the activity, you might not know what it is we get in our head, oh, that would be great. And I'd really love to be a director. And I have a girl that's in Greece right now I'm working with. And you can tell the more she experiences, there's a battle between, is this really what I want? Like, do I want this lifestyle? Do I want this thing? Or was it an illusion that seemed sexy when I just thought about it? So anyways, yeah. that's, that's a, a drawn out thing from uh, you just using the word forever. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, no, dude. I, and to go back just a little bit, um, I can relate to a lot to what you just said about like you, you, you take the narrative stuff. And then once you start doing commercial work and once I start asking questions of these business owners and I figure out their story and I figure out their passions and I figure out how I can be of service to them. I'm like, this is kind of dope. Like this is dope that I get to be a part of their journey. This is dope yeah. that I get to be a part of their, you know, like their, their, their dream. Like, sure this is the thing that they, they thought up and that they're going to do to contribute to the world. And I get to be a little piece of that. For sure. And that's, that's really, really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, to go way, way, way back. The reason I got out of restaurants is I, I worked at Bubba Gump shrimp company. So okay. Forrest Gump trivia was my career path. 
Um, and it was, and it was brutal. Um, and I knew a guy, he won this LA writing competition and he beat out 6,000 other people. He worked with Maggie Gyllenhaal. He beat, he worked with Kevin Spacey. I know he's not a popular name now. Um, and he made the short film, got an agent and he's still working at Bubba Gump's. Interesting. And I'm like, and I'm just like, dude, that's brutal. I just don't want that to be my 10 year plan to like have this huge moment and then still be in that grind. Yeah. Um, and if I do want to do that 10 year plan, I don't want it to be in a restaurant the whole time. And that's why I, that's why I pivoted out to do sure. commercial stuff. Sure. Um, just to, just to cover, just so you have some context about where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, I'm doing the exact opposite of finding a niche. So I'm in like the play mode where I'm doing a little bit of everything. Sure. So I've done a little bit of restaurant stuff, a little bit of real estate stuff. Sure. Um, right now, the thing that's working the most is talking. I'm doing a lot of lead generation and WeWorks, like shared workspaces okay. in LA. Sure. Yep. So I'm talking to a lot of startups, a lot of tech startups, and I'm talking to a lot of digital marketing agencies that serve tech startups. Okay. Um, and I'm getting a couple of opportunities that are opening there. So I'm really like, I'm on the verge of getting consistent money through like the, the co- corporate video stuff. Okay. Um, at the same time, I've gone out to Maui and I've filmed an online course um, called Top Timeshare Training. Okay. Uh, I took a buddy who's made a bunch of money in timeshare. Okay. And we partnered up and I'm making a course for him. So I'm really saving the world with that product. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, man. So I'm like, I'm, I'm playing with a bunch of stuff. I, I just talked to a guy about doing videos for all of his boxing, his boxers. Um, I'm also doing a documentary in Bakersfield with a bodybuilder who's dying of kidney disease who does his own dialysis, who's going to compete in a bodybuilding competition in April. So like, as you can see, like I just find people fascinating. I find stories fascinating. I, I think I'm a storyteller. Um, and I love being of service to people that, that can use my, my videos. And, and I love being able to add value to their, their journey and their process. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Because I think this is a big thing that I've even become more and more and more aware of, which is a couple questions here. Like, how's it working for you? Are you enjoying that? That's, that's pseudo kind of one slash two right there. I mean, how's, how's that all working and how, how do you feel about it? Um, just if you remove the external world or judgment, or any, how do you feel about it? How do you enjoying the process right now of what's going on and how's it working for you? The, the work is super fun. Like I, I love being all over the place. I love having these different projects and, and I love all of that. Um, the financial side, not as fun right now. Mm -hmm. So like I'm in the process of really, really trying to find, and it doesn't matter what it is. I want like the consistent money so I can keep branching out in a million places because I love that stuff, but I don't like being broke. So got it. Yeah. It's it's a tough balance. I mean, you're, you had commented slightly. I don't know how much you read through. I'm not big on the actual reading part of the uh, assessments you took. It's the the (laughs) looking at because my my buddy's a behavioral profiler. So I had taken Myers-Briggs, DISC, all these different assessments through the years. And most of them didn't do much for me until I actually had a guy who like knew how to interpret them. And it was powerful. It was about five years ago. So you know, you said you agreed with a lot, which that's good in and of itself, but I mean, you're, you're a DI, you know, so you've got that drive 
inside of you. You got the go, go, go. You got the people skills. You know, you've got all that charisma and things going for you. And you got the little sly side comments about things that, you know, if you don't catch it, you don't realize, you know, saving the world <laughs> this one, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, and then the one graph, you know, this one page, it says, you know, your freedom seeker, which most of the creatives, myself, everybody I'm doing on here, most of them on that motivators assessment get the freedom seeker profile. They want freedom and autonomy to do whatever they want, whenever they want, with whomever they want. There's zero wrong with that. Um, the interesting thing is, is that we just have to calibrate where our expectations are with how we're acting and how we're doing things. Because what you're doing is not necessarily by any stretch of the imagination a bad thing. Like that you should only pick, I should just shoot with realtors every day of the week, right? Oh my God, that sounds really boring. It's like, no, right? But here's the thing that people, the best one, because a lot of the people I'm talking to are from full-time filmmaker. um, The best example, especially when people talk about courses and talk about different things, is to use Parker as an example. And having finally met up with him uh, in November of 2019 out in Salt Lake and talking to him, you know, a number of the things that I already was making assumptions really came that much more to fruition, which is just that ability to have laser, 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 laser focus and consistency and, um, you know, being very decisive and being very determined and having that ability to you know, what a lot of people even think, oh, you know, the average millionaire has seven streams of, of revenue. The, the irony is, is there's not, not truth in that. But what most people miss is most of them got to their first million with one, not seven. Right. Right. And so even Parker, one funnel, one course for almost three years and having that ability, not that he never had any shiny object squirrel moments or didn't do anything else during that time, but just taking an 80-20 kind of approach 80% of his effort was put towards full-time filmmaker and optimizing that funnel. I mean, and it is fact of his ability to go, even when I was with him, because I never got him on the phone beforehand, which we talked about. So I'm just bringing this back up for you and everybody. Right, right. This idea, I never got him on the phone ahead of time. And even when I was with him, I said, so how will we move forward with this? Will we you know, still just stay in email or will we converse here and there or do any Zooms or anything? And it was more or less, no, it will be an email. Like I'm not, so that ability to say no to knowing what's right for him, because what I found is from a values perspective, we're very much aligned in a lot of ways, but from a personality perspective, we are polar opposites. So his ability to stay committed to a very singular task overall and know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And he's gotten probably more and more and more ruthless with the, what he says no to over time. But people see $250,000 $250,000 a month and think, okay, online course. You know, he's even selling a course creation thing. But the thing is, is that even though you mentioned, wow, four or five years in the restaurants, da, 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 it's like there's still these levels of, I think, people who do achieve those things are willing to do things for far longer than others are willing to do them. And, and, and so, and when we have a breakthrough, let's just call it, of call it money, let's just say, you never know when the hell that's going to be. Are you going to be working at this dream or this thing for 10 years, for 10 months, for 30 years, for 50 years, for, the, for you use the word forever? Like, let's call it forever until you're dead. Like, in forever is another 80 years, but you never have a movie on the big screen. You never, you're like, what are these things? What are these pinnacles? Like, the amount of people who reach pinnacles 
is like the 1% of the 1%, but I would argue that there's sacrifice. Like I've been watching and I saw somebody post um, about this. And this part isn't in it. It'll be interesting to see if there's a season two. I just thought there was one episode, but this series that just came out with Kevin Hart. Um, oh, it's dope. <laughs> I saw the first episode. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, is that you can look through his life and his drive through a number of different filters and lenses. On one, on one level, he acts like, oh my God, like it might, I know where I came from and it might not be there tomorrow, you know, and I'm going to lose it all. So I got out all day, every day. And, you know, he's on phone calls with his wife where she's chewing him out because he's late. He hasn't come home. Yeah. He hasn't done this, yeah. you know, and it's legacy and all this stuff. It's like, dude, if you're halfway intelligent with your money, I mean, I don't know all the intricacies, but I can guess that there are human beings I know who live very decent lifestyles and we'll call it on their higher end, can live a very, very decent lifestyle between a hundred to three or four hundred thousand a year. And his dad said, Hey son, I need this thing for seven grand. He goes, twenty thousand dollars. You know, here's twenty thousand dollars. You know, he's just twenty thousand dollars. And it's like like nothing, right? Some of us are like, oh my gosh, I'm working seven days a week and I don't make $20,000. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, no big deal. Here you go. And so the thing is, if he's halfway intelligent with the money, he's, he's gross in like, I think somewhere between 40 to 80 million a year. He doesn't need to keep working. He's not working really because he's going to run out of money unless he's just stupid with it. He doesn't need to work from that standpoint. He does it from what I've seen with most people. And you have a similarity of personality. That higher D, yours isn't, yours is a little bit more flat on both of them right now. They're not as high. So there's, there's kind of a like, there's a less intensity about you right now per se. And you're right. kind of like, and you just said you're figuring things out. So it's like you're not, I wouldn't say coasting, but there's that figuring out mode. So you're not super intense in anything right now. It's a little bit over here, a little bit here. And you're right. finding that fun, but the money isn't fully necessarily showing up right now. And, um, and I just want to say that the people, whether it's a Gary Vaynerchuk, these people at the top that we see sometimes, the one thing that I know is most of them are making the most money doing something that they'd keep doing if they didn't need money. They love right. the game and they love the process. And the more I see people, like one episode, and I'll say this, I'll stop here for a second, but... This one gal that I did uh, um, an episode with, everybody included her husband said, honey, I expect we move to a new town. It's going to take you two or three years to get this thing going. They don't know anybody in this town. And nine months in, she's already getting five to $8,000 know, corporate job. She's getting $2,500 weddings. And she was only really in pseudo dabble mode before that. Now, her talent was solid. She had no business. She had a job for nine years that she hated that wasn't fully doing what she's now doing, but it made a ton of money. So there was that comfortableness, but like, do I stop this? But I'm miserable. And so when she started this, which is the interesting thing, and I picked it up in the episode, is she said, when I started, the one thing I decided, no matter of anything else, is that I will do what I love and what makes me happy. Even if I have to eat rice and beans. Now, Damn. my caveat to that, like my, my pull in to, to identify for everybody is that that's because she said, if I was going to make a ton of money, I was already making a ton of money and I was miserable. So if I'm going to go do this other thing, I'm not going to take clients or projects on that I don't want to do because why? 
I'm not going to add more misery and then also have to work all hard to do this thing that now isn't making much money, but I'm also miserable. I might as well stay in the thing I'm miserable, but makes a ton of money. So now I'm going to do the thing that I absolutely love and only what I love. And most people don't have the ability or, and there's other scenarios married. I I can't make any judgments about her exact scenario, allowing her to do that. But the big thing, no matter what was still just going, I got to be happy. Now, my thing is to make sure, because we're bit, you mentioned storyteller, well, we're all great storytellers, whether we write or direct or produce or make films, we're all telling stories all the time, and usually to ourselves about we're not good enough, and that couldn't happen in this. And so the thing I helped her, and I'm going to continue to work with her on, is this idea that at certain levels, I looked at her and go, how can I help her? She's crushing it. Right. Right. And what I saw was, if she doesn't watch it, the story of I make a lot of money, I'm miserable. If I do something I love, I have to be broke. The problem that'll happen is if yeah. you don't watch it, no matter how much money she makes, she'll actually continue to be broke, even if she continues to make more. And that's even my own reality. My, when I started my company, I said, well, if I want to do what I love, I have to get by. And if I want to make a lot of money, it means be miserable. I don't fully know where I got that from, but that was my story. And no matter how much money I made, I kept spinning it subconsciously in a way that basically had me always getting by. And I know plenty of externally wealthy people who make a ton of money who still live paycheck to paycheck. Totally. And that's the crazy thing that even though you might right now are doing things you're really enjoying and there's a level of like, holy crap, how am I going to pay my bills in the next two weeks? potentially a week or month or year. I don't know what your, your definition of, you know, money's not good, but you know, that's the thing. And so for me, when you can get in that alignment of having fun, now we can get to having fun, doing what you love, working on projects that you enjoy, even if it's not a, a niche niche per se, but this idea of now, how do we just take a look at what you got going on and why aren't the, why isn't the money coming in and in, in either abundance or higher amounts or whatever? Because if you're, who I think you are, meeting people, building relationships, wheeling and dealing, selling ice to an Eskimo, these kind of things are not the issue for you. Your issue sounds like right now is the wheeling and dealing part, why or why not, you're not getting more than $1,000 for projects or maybe some of them are free or what's happening in the negotiation process. That sounds like from what I'm hearing is your bigger problem than what other people have, which is I have no idea how to talk to people. I don't want to meet with people. I hate picking up the phone. That gives me, I have a phobia around. Like that's not your issue, right? Yeah. No, that, no, the, the approaching people's easy. Um, the, I think uh, what would be fascinating is to have you read my follow-up emails Okay. Because I'm, I'm saying there's probably a chance that I'm maybe a little bit too transactional or a little bit too forward. Okay. Um, a little bit too pushy. I'm, I'm well, open. that's in your personality. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, and, and I do that with like almost every, like before we got on this phone call, I messaged two successful course creators about another course that I'm creating and whether or not they'd have a phone call with me. So like I'm, I'm just assuming they want to work with me. So like, I'm kind of a maniac in that way where I'm just like, why wouldn't you work with me? Even though I have like no. Okay. So what's happening? Right. Okay. So what's happening there? Are you telling me that you get a lot of conversations going that don't go anywhere though? Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. So So you're tacked around. I use the word tacked, but some people like, 
look, there's two people like me. There's the person that everybody on earth is super annoyed by because there's this almost like pseudo fake overzealous happiness about it. And right. in every situation, they're like almost cheeseball about it. And yeah. then there's me where if you meet me, like, I don't know. I, I know how to be, a pro- I, I call it appropriate, I guess, in the moment. But like, there's a time and a place to, to do certain things and not other things. And I know when to put that on. And I mean, all my emails almost have rock and roll in them. It doesn't matter whether I'm sending emails. I think you look at the Tony Robbins one that I've, I've shared in Full-Time Filmmaker, like, I think at the end, it still says rock and roll. It's not written that well. Um, I don't necessarily got caps on certain words that you shouldn't do that. Like I'm not an English major when it comes to writing. Um, But I guess I would say because I don't have as much dominance in me as you do, which means I don't have as much decisive or directness. So what you're going to say in 30 seconds, I'm going to say in probably 30 minutes, quite honestly. And right. so you're going to be way to the point and I'm going to be there on the third email. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 So like, that's, that's exactly what's going on is like, I'll, I'll write an email. It's really long and I'll shorten it to about four sentences and it's like, bing, 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 bing. And it just goes through everything that I wanted to say really fast. And so like, how much time are you talking on the phone to people? Um, in general, um, like how long are the phone calls when I'm no, chatting? No, how many times? Are you, so I asked this in Full Time Filmmaker once. If you get a message and somebody's, in, let's say they message you though, you're not reaching out or anything, but they message you in email yeah. or messenger or DM, do you continue to attempt to keep that conversation in that medium and go back and forth via email? Or are you trying to get on the phone and hold a conversation with them? No, I want to go to the phone call as fast as possible. Yeah. This is something I learned. I went crazy with Tinder for about a year. Yeah. And I, and I, I know by like the fifth message, whether or not they're like interested. So just always go for the phone call. I always which, throw which, I mean, okay. So, but okay. And I agree a hundred percent. I know, no, I agree a hundred percent. No, no, I agree a hundred percent. So what I want to say the next follow up to that though, is then how much are you getting them on the phone? Like how much is why, why and when is this emailing stuff taking place? That's causing issues. Um, it, it may be the way that I'm generating the leads. Um, okay. So like I'm, I'm doing it by like, I'll throw little events, like whatever it is, like a, a free education thing or a free headshot um, and then get all their information and then follow up with them. So like, it could just be that the leads aren't like specific enough and like who I'm chatting with doesn't necessarily need a video. Okay. Um, and it might just be because I'm hitting I'm just hitting a bunch of people with... Okay, so there's niche versus, right? If, <laughs> let me see if I can uh, politically correct this uh, weird statement that I'm about to say that still is the one that sticks in my mind. I, oh, I do it. change it on the fly. But uh, this idea that if I market really large shirts, we'll say double XL and larger, okay? Right. And I just had a million people who can't fit into a shirt. Well, let's do the reverse of this. I sell shirts that are small. And if you're bigger than a small, you're not like, it doesn't work for you. Right. Right. And so if you're a person who would need a double XL and I sent 20 million visits to your site that only sells shirts to people who are small, I'm not going to sell that many. I mean, I'll, I still sell some. But if you literally had 50,000 people instead of 20 million who hit your site 
who fit the demographic and fit the size of that shirt, you're likely to have a hundred, a thousand X the sales than 20 million people who just aren't relevant. And, and so I've done your approach before with all sorts of things. Let's just bomb the, the ethos out there. Let's bomb everybody. And hopefully, like I've seen people very, uh, uh, go-getter 20-year-olds who like will send out 600 emails to somebody. Now, that's, I've seen this strategy work, but their strategy and the reason it's not is they email 600 random people, they don't have any portfolio or sample, and they really don't have a decisive like what it is they're going to do. It's just like, hey, I, I'm a person who does all sorts of random things and I have no samples. Here, here help me. You know, hire me. Work with me. Yeah. You know, versus I've seen people... One of my biggest success stories to date, when he got clear that he wanted to do poker runs, he reached, which is a boat race, he reached out to 200 poker runs across the United States and Canada. He'd been filming one locally for free for four years. It was a bigger brand name one too. It just didn't happen to pay for him. And he sent that to those um, individuals, 200 individuals who were poker runs with his sample. Out of that still, he only got about 20 to 30 people to reply and another about half of that on the phone. And they ended up with five clients. Four of them did a single poker run a year and one of them did 50 a year and he got a contract for 15. But like that decisive focused action got him bigger results faster than the, what you're saying, which is just a little bit of everybody and anybody. Cause it's that idea. Do you want to go wide? You don't want to go deep. And even Parker, right? That idea that he actually does sell to a wide variety of people, whether they're not, I mean, what I found, whether or not they even want to have a business or even have a business, right? They're just interested in filmmaking and making great videos. Who under that could purchase is still pretty broad, but it's still focused on the filmmaker. And so that's that thing about when you talk about the focus, it's, it's just like, yeah, you can do all sorts of variety of things, but, um, you know, like I have a buddy who's very driven and decisive like you and, and, and whatnot, but he still has found that um, schools and nonprofits are kind of the main area that he works in. And, you know, he's still doing the same act. Like the, the funny thing is I can talk to somebody like yourself right now anywhere, anytime, any day, in any niche on planet Earth. And I'm going to feel good about having a conversation for an hour, hour and a half. I can go down to the coffee shop and meet somebody in probably 20 minutes if I want to, like yourself, who could drum up a conversation and we could be shooting the shit for the next three hours. And I'd feel like a ton of, you know, I'd feel a ton <laughs> of fulfillment from that activity. Totally. So what I had to find was how do I take the activity that I love doing that I can do with anybody from a close friend to somebody I don't know and overall that interaction, feel good about it, but also not going broke doing it. And so my original video production company was Anybody with a Pulse, which is the stage of try everything, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. This works really well. I'm getting more people in this direction. I don't really like and keep narrowing down until what I found was is that, interestingly enough, my niche was a few things, but it became where my style of work was more my niche than who I did it for. So it became that I have a certain style and not every client and every project is total ground zero. You got a concept, sure. And that was me because that fit my personality better. I don't like scripting and storyboarding. I like live action. So I had developed in a style, but we used to say business brand or bride. Like it didn't matter who we worked with, we would still work in a similar way. 
Then it just so happened that through actions I took, the speaker, thought leader, Tony Robbins-esque type of person became the niche with that style that we ended up doing a lot of work in. Um, but, you know, that all fit my personality. It all fit, it all fit me because there was a bunch of like, I I'd still was getting opportunities to like um, film a training video for some company and it could pay well, but it, it just, I would have had to outsource it or I would have had to do something else because I used to say yes to that. And that would be the job that I would procrastinate on. I'd overpromise and underdeliver. They wouldn't be happy. I'd be stressed. It would cause problems. You know, there was a lot of issues around it. Even though I had the capabilities and competence to pull it off and would pull it off, yeah. it was hell on earth pulling it off versus this other style that was my zone of genius. So I'm going to flash forward to this. When I started coaching and speaking and doing all that, same kid that started video. I can inspire everybody with a pulse. And although there's some truth to that, now I'm also marketing against Tony Robbins and everybody with a pulse who's been around for 20, 30 years. So the more I finally said, and I, somebody said this to me in 2014, I didn't accept it till literally last year, which was people are people. Why are you being so basically judgmental around the people I'm working with? Because whether I'm working with a filmmaker or I'm working with a real estate agent or I'm working with a guy who wants, or a girl who wants to do an e-commerce business, or like my wife an Etsy store, I can still have the conversation. I can still deliver them some kind of value, but I'd already spent 13 years in filmmaking. So why not just, it's still an action of a human being in front of me who I'm speaking to. So the act of now focusing in that area has allowed me to open up an opportunity with Parker and other people because I'm not super generic and generalized along with 50 million other people. Because what I talk about, there are thousands, I'll end on this, there are thousands of other people. I mean, <laughs> thousands and thousands of other people who are saying the same thing I'm saying right now on some level, right? But saying it to the videographer, the filmmaking niche specifically, not as many, right? Not as many. Right. Um, just talking to them. Now there's people talking to them along with everybody else, like a Gary and these other people who are out there, but they're talking to everybody. So for so, me, I'm taking that same information and just applying it to a niche that I also have had 13 years experience. And it, it's, we're afraid to do that, but it's, it's so much more potent, man. So much more potent. Cool. So let me, let me, okay. That was a lot. Um, I know. I know. I do. <laughs> I do that. I, yeah. Um, uh, so here's the thing, um, for, for you, I just kind of, I'm going to ask you a question. Please. Um, when you, you want to serve the entire world, you love people. It's clear that you are a teacher. Um, you're focusing on the video niche, but once you dominate that niche, Michael Gevin's number one, at what point does narrowing down in that niche become a self-limiting belief and when is it time for you to take out tony robbins i love that like, question. like when when in your mind are you going to branch out and what is your when you're 75 years old what's your ultimate goal like the unrealistic ridiculous goal that you're pushing for <laughs> i know you're not big on legacy but like what's what's the michael gebbin legacy where are we going it's it's funny you ask that because I don't not um, 
How do I answer this? I, I, I think I've thought about it a lot, then I don't think about it, and I, I oscillate back and forth. But yeah, do I not agree that at some point in time, there's this domination of that area, and then naturally other people, basically what happens is, because I've already seen this in my life through video, right? I, I didn't, I, I dominated weddings. Then I got to film with Tony Robbins. Let's just use that simple analogy, right? I dominated <laughs> weddings. Yeah, yeah. Now people could film, well, we'll just use Tony, Tony Robbins' wedding, right? Like I have friends who film, you know, major, major people, you know, and film their weddings and they get lots of money to do that, right? Um, so it, it's a fascinating thing of like, well, what will happen when I'm, quote, unquote, do I take out Tony Robbins or am I the, I mean, I already know that a lot of the gurus in that space I do notice that I'll bring that up. The reality is most of them are in their 60s, 70s and 80s. Yeah. The amount of people who are a version of what I'm doing who are now out there, there's still far more again, I do believe. Um, and I think it's like with any, anything, I think it is getting more difficult in general to um, be an Oprah, be a Tony Robbins because you take music, just simply music. You used to have to try to, record with your cassette deck the song on the radio or you had to go buy it or you just listen on the radio that was it like there's no other there's no other options now there's a million options and that dilutes it and so every industry every talking head everything out there has a level of dilution that's happening now right um but do I believe there's somebody like Jenna Kutcher that mainly, mainly overall was focused on photography. And I think she's getting a few hundred thousand downloads an episode on her podcast. She has wow. applied to now some other people. So I think that in jumpstart sessions, jumpstarters, the brand, all that I do, my more as I narrow in my kind of energetic, my ability to just believe in somebody and, and boost their confidence, their self-esteem by simply interacting with them and owning that. That, of course, can be done for anybody. Um, I just know from marketing and business, and this is what I saw in Kevin. There was the guy from Black Panther, and then there was, uh, I can't remember the guy's other name. If you have probably got that episode. But he does this thing, pitching this movie to this guy from Black Panther. And you could tell that guy wasn't too, it just seemed like he wasn't too enthusiastic. And my wife even picked up, because he said he's a thespian. And my wife goes, freaking Kevin, or Kevin is, you know, he's business. And that guy's an artist. So Kevin's an artist while also being heavily in business. And I feel like I've always been more business geared than I am the creative artist who just loves. Like once I got past the tech, I've never been enthusiastic about cameras, editing, software, and plugins since probably like 2010 or 11. Like I overall, it's sexy from time to time. I just do not care um, at all. And I don't think I'll ever care again. Like some people care their whole life. So I found when you mentioned the thing I care deeply about, and that is people, like you said, so who those people are, no, it doesn't matter. So the thing is though, I understand marketing enough to know that competing on the front end when I'm a nobody with a Tony is suicide. Right. So going deep in an area and dominating and growing there and then gaining awareness from that and then continuing to branch off is, is an easier path. So all of it's still accomplishing the thing. So it's just like if you wanted to be a director, right, what are those activities that still get you doing that activity while keeping you alive and paying bills and, and moving forward until maybe or maybe not ever 
you're the director, right? right? But if you don't, so for me, it's doing that activity in a way that allows me to pay my bills while continuing to grow. Like my thing with Parker, you know, right now, full transparency without getting into major minutia and details about it. My biggest thing that I'm more excited than what money could be made or any other variables is impact of message. So I'm, I'm jumpstarting, I'm shortcutting my exposure to my message, to my impact I know I already have on smaller levels when people do interact with this content. So getting it in front of more people. So for me, it's continuing to make partnerships and do things that allow more and more people to hear and be impacted by the message that I have. So for me, well, what's at 70 and what's at all these things? You know, man, this is going to be one of those <laughs> cheesy answers, but man, I have really gotten in such a line with, I'm alive today. I hope to be alive for another 50 to 80 years. I'm one of the most optimistic, positive guys you'll probably meet on a lot of levels. Yeah. And I have my this much quote unquote realism or pessimism in me. And it's that, I don't know, having a few people pass away in my life at young ages, things can be, and the thing I just told you, my mom, or my mom, more or less my mom, but my mother-in-law, um, my wife's mom, you know, I dropped her off and then I go to the grocery store and I call my wife to tell her something and she goes, mom fell. You know, just like that, she fell in the, in the convenience store and, you know, almost broke her ankle and then couldn't walk. Right. Nobody around, not, not a car, not, nothing like that, just walking in the store. Just like that, things change. And now, now my life for the next few weeks gets shifted around. You know, that wasn't, wasn't there. So for me, there's that level of like, I'm not like Kevin and those people where I have this big esoteric crazy, like when I'm 90, I hope that this is all I do want to do, which is what I want for, I think the bigger mission of it is that right now as a whole, removing money from the equation, I do spend the majority of my time doing an activity that I love to do. Right now, this isn't work for me in any stretch of the imagination. Like I enjoy these conversations. I enjoy having somebody who gets a little bit of a light bulb moment so that they minimize the volume of things that they don't like doing and maximize the, the volume of things that they like doing. And it's all rooted from my father and my grandpa who basically went their whole lives telling stories of not getting to do what it is that they really, I think, want to do and, and love, but I'm not here to judge, but just from the things they say, even my grandpa saying he wished he would have got his novels, you know, uh, published. But one publisher and one agent said if he would have written them 50 years ago, right? He's been telling that story for 30 years. Now he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Overall, at least from what I, I've tried to even do things. I've had connections now and he's just like, I mean, he's, yeah, I wouldn't get into that, but he's in such a different place now. But for the majority of my life, I knew him at holidays and everything. If you ask him things, those would be the story he just would keep telling. But then from his grandpa or his dad, and you can just see how things, it's hard to break, it's harder to break a cycle than it is to stay with one. And so for me, so many people have been conditioned that they know what they want. And the reality is, and especially the people I coach, man, you ask those questions, they get excited about what they want for like, a minute or two and then a butt kicks in and then it goes into all the reasons why and this and that. And in the last few years of my life, I went through a bunch of things that now, because I put all this on hold for two years. And that's why I try to tell people is like the old Geb's motivator guy, 
was a 19-year-old kid, even at 30 years old, was a 19-year-old kid in my mind who lived in his parents' basement, who started his company and had no bills and no debt and just went for it, right? But then when I wanted to do the work I'm doing now, I had a hell of a lot more bills and a hell of a lot more responsibility. And I was more like that person who's like, well, I'm married and I have debt and I don't know, I just can't. And so I made sacrifices. I did things knowing in my heart that this work was stuff I wanted to do, but it wasn't making money right now. It just wasn't. And I needed, I was about to get married. And so shifting that. So for me, the big thing is just, I love when people get to do what it is they love. And the most of the time they're genuinely not some fake, you know, puff me up. You know, I'm just being happy about, you know, shoveling shit out in the backyard, you know, type of thing. But like, and, and some people, they grew up, that is the thing, like they do genuinely find enjoyment in being a trash man or woman or whatever. Like I'm not here to judge what it is, but when you in your heart know I despise this and you're just trying to puff yourself up to be like, oh, I'm grateful I have a job. You should be. But that yeah. doesn't mean you don't know that there's this thing that you'd really like to work towards. So for me, that when I'm 70, when I'm 80, when I'm 110, that I have spent my life doing work that I love and making an impact on people's lives because the ripple that then happens, what fame and money, you know, I oscillate between that because I see plenty of people who at times would trade their fame for uh, not being so famous um, because of just certain things that come with that. And so for me, I just want to keep making a dent, making an impact and living the life that I, I, uh, I love living that I have right now because I love the life that I have right now we're just increasing the income and increasing the uh, impact that's really the two two main things and the income can also increase impact so totally i i i mean i love that i love that answer um when Did you were helping the i mean i'm i'm pretty rapidly becoming a pretty big fan of you because Appreciate. just what you've already done over facebook it showed me that you are you genuinely do care about being of service to other people um, and you took a lot of time out of your day to like answer a bunch of questions that I had. Like the moment you opened the door, I'm like, oh, let's go. And I just dumped a bunch of questions on sure. you and you were more than willing to just give all that to me for free. Sure. Um, so when you say stuff that like you're enjoying the process and like the fulfillment you get from helping other people yeah. uh, is your, is the thing that drives you. I genuinely believe that because I've already seen it in the short amount of time that I've already known you. Um, and I, while I am more, I think more transactional and I can be a little bit like, um, forward at times, like I genuinely believe that the purpose of my life is to grow as, as much as I can grow as exponentially as I possibly can so that I can give back to other people. And even if that giving back to other people is other people seeing me grow to such a degree that they give themselves permission to start taking chances get that um that's a that's enough but like i don't know i think i think okay so 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 i think the thing is so okay i'm honing in on something here because for me it's kind of always been a part of me and at times i've i've i have probably we'll just say been like you um but it's under times of major desperation and neediness and it's totally it short-term thinking for sure and I don't know. For me, uh, there's pros and cons to everything in life. And one of them is communication. So there's pros and cons to being an over communicator and like saying too much. And there's pros and cons (laughs) to not saying anything at all. Right. And 
in being a person who's experienced versions of both at higher levels where I just kept my mouth shut, didn't say what I really felt or thought and, you know, keep the peace. Um, I, in my own life, believe that there's far more pros with over communication than there are cons and there's far mm-hmm. more cons than there are with, under, you know, under communication. So yeah. on the flip side, in the big picture of life, I believe for me, again, there are far more pros to the long game and not being hyper transactional. Totally. That, that especially if you, even when we just took money, that the a lot of people who are very transactional also burn relationships regularly. So yeah. then you end up with you always have people that dislike you regardless of what you do, but you will have a far greater amount of people who may or may not be talking crap on you when you're just just in it for like, and now I take that back because what I'm hearing from you is I'm not like the irony is I'm not just in it for the money in the instant per se, but right. you're natural. And, and because you have this yellow line, that's up there higher as well above the 50%. See people who are just like core D's, this might be, and some people are just gonna be listening to this, of course, but you can see me. So, and people can listen and I'll describe, but a lot of times there's no teeth. And they walk around with this stoic look, like you just went to a serious thing, right? You're not even, you've been smiling a lot, but now that I've gone to this more like, (laughs) right now you're just smiling, right? But so a lot of people that work with people like that, or when I interact with people like that, they're so confused because people are scared of them. And they're like, I care so deeply about these people and da, 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 da. But their natural look is not so friendly. It's scary. It's people are misinterpreting what they think. So they're trying to help. And these people are scared crapless of them. Right. And and, and so there's that level of you now may have had it, but there's an extra just on this call of awareness, right? When we don't have awareness, we can't be, we can't, people can't blame us. We shouldn't blame ourselves. It's when we then acquire awareness and we either choose to do nothing about it or we continue or, or you know we continue to do the exact same thing or we change. So you have an awareness now that you're a little over aggressive at times potentially in messages. At times it's going to get get what you want for sure and there's no issues there, right? I'm not going to say that there's learning to be okay for you, for example. When I'm with somebody like you, learning about behavior and personality, being a little bit more direct is actually a lot more in my favor than being super passive. And I can see the times that being super passive with a direct person doesn't win me the job or the situation. The right. more dominant male or female wins <laughs> that opportunity, right? Uh, but when you're with people who still can be, I mean, big opportunities and big things who aren't that type of style of person, then that aggressiveness rubs them the wrong way and they're going to turn the other direction. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's having that, I use that word tact, that little bit more tact to just, it's not to dumb down who you are. It's not to continue to not be more of an aggressive, decisive, direct person. It's just, um, it's, it's, it's recognizing when it's working for you and when it's not working for you. And in situations it's not, do you give a crap that it doesn't? And you're like, well, they're not my people. And you go on to the ones that do. Or is it like, man, that's a really great thing I want to work with. I, I think I might have really just burned that bridge because of the way I, I came at it. Because I've had a lot of people, man, in Messenger, you say this. I've connected with full-time filmmakers through the years where I've just even said, hey, I got a podcast. And they're like, 
asshole, you know, and they're like sitting here and they're like, you know, you're just trying to sell me something. I'm like, I'm like, my God, I'm like, if you knew me, right? Like you're saying, which yeah. I appreciate anybody who knows me. Yeah. My core, I mean, I just want to help. And, and rather than being like, let me try to develop this relationship over three and a half years where then I can say, Hey, I have a podcast. It's like the podcast isn't selling anything. I mean, it, it is and it isn't, but directly it's not. It's, it's right. just, it's, I'm not sitting here pitching you for an hour and then saying, Hey, that's a podcast episode. Like I'm on my podcast trying to interact and help. So I'm like, I just want to make sure that, cause I've had people who literally six months in go, God, man, I didn't even know you had a podcast. I really wish I would have known about this. So I just start to go, okay, well, how do I say this? I've even said it in messages go, Hey, I just want to let you know, I got this podcast and audiobook, and um it's not selling you anything. Like if it, 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 I have stuff I can offer, but I really care about people and just want to help. So if you want to listen to it, great. If not, that's fine. So it's like I'm kind of killing the elephant in the room. Um, I don't do that all the time, but I, I, I just, and that's what I've done with selling, man. I mean, when I used to do weddings, I mean, good or bad strategy, I'm, I'm, you know, I've learned where my strengths and weaknesses are, but I mean, I would tell people different prices, what felt like on every call sometimes. Like I'm just, okay, here's how I'm feeling right now. And let me try this little thing out. Let me try this little tactic out. Let me do this. And so I'm just always in that little, like you're doing experimentation mode. And then you start to find a rhythm of what works more than something else. But it's through experience and experimenting that helps you find those sweet spots. And I think that you're a person who already gets the experimentation part. My thing is, is can we then just add one layer that as we're experimenting, we're being aware more than we might normally be through our process of experimentation. And totally. you know, that's what a lot of people aren't doing. They either don't experiment at all and they just learn and think and listen to things all the time and they don't do anything besides learn and listen. That's an act of doing, but from the act of like, I know exactly what's going to happen if I go film this wedding. I've watched 800 videos and the courses and the books and I've talked to people, but I've never filmed one. Right. Everything you learn is going to be thrown out the window as soon as you start to be in that real world. That's like, don't practice doing the same day edit at your house alone and be like, oh, I, t I hit the timer and I'm going to edit for three hours. It's like, that'll help. But when you're in a real world scenario where the wedding planner is going, hey, where's this video? Uh, we're changing things. It needs to be done an hour sooner than we told you ahead of time because this and this and this has moved. So either you show it then or you don't show it at all. You can't practice that, right? And right, so right. that is the idea of experimentation. So now a person who does experiment just needs to be aware so that they're not dragging things out where 10 years have passed and there's certain activities you're doing that just are not working. Like it's an 80-20, like in business. Okay, I, I spend all my time doing all these activities and I brought in 50 grand last year, let's just say. but 80% of that 50 grand, I'll do 100 grand, it's easier. $80,000 came from one thing you spent your time on that you spent 20% of your time doing that, but you spent 80% of your time making the 20 grand, right? Making that other 20 grand. Totally. So I, just, just for me to come up with a game plan, because I wanted to leave this podcast just pumped up with a game plan with a direction and I'm just going to attack it. The pumped up part's uh, probably there, but now we need to get the game plan for it. <laughs> right. So, and, and I know this is more like tactical, um, but 
we've talked about it. I'm kind of in the place of like planting seeds in a bunch of different directions. The moment one of those starts to grow, I don't really have a preference of whose business I'm serving and whose story I'm telling. So like the moment one of these seeds starts to grow, I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to lean into are it. None of them, are none of them doing that right now? So I have, I have a job coming up in the next week, uh, which is a digital marketing. It's a crowdfunding. It's like a big equity crowdfunding company. Okay. Um, and we're doing a trial video. And if I don't fuck it up, uh, I'm going to get between three to five $2,000 corporate jobs a month from okay. them. Great. Um, and like the moment I have that, the moment that happens, um, I'm just going to go to every other equity crowdfunding company in town and say, Hey, look, I'm this person. This is what I do. Uh, and I'll change my whole website to be I'm the <laughs> crowdfunding guy and I'm going to lean into that niche. But like, like I have a couple of real estate agents I'm talking to and like a, a few other branding companies I've worked with, but like I haven't really hit that big opportunity or like uh, enough, enough, leverage in a specific niche to really lean into it sort of thing. So none of them, how long have you been at this activity of leaning into anything? Oh, I quit my job too early, two and a half months ago. So I've just been, I've just been a maniac just trying to make money um, in the last two and a half half months. Okay. So two and a half months, not much time. I mean, a lot to you with probably not much money, let's just say, or like that kind of issue a little bit, or like I quit, but you can do that. You're a jump out of the plane, just like me and build your wings on the way down. Some people need professional wing builders. They got 500 grand in the bank and they still won't quit their job. Totally. So there's nothing wrong there. Um, I would just say that (laughs) one, your game plan's somewhat there. Because if you right. just told me that you've been doing this for two and a half or three years and nothing's been able to be leaned into, then I'd question how much you were even doing in the two and a half years that there weren't anything where you can go, yeah, I've been getting a lot of real estate or I've been getting a lot more of this. And then like some of this stuff's not going as well. But right now it's like you are in planting seeds. So my thing of just being in the Midwest and not really being a farmer, but being around plenty is that they don't plant the seeds and then never look at that field again and then go into another state and find a new field to plant some seeds in, but never go back to the other field that they originally planted. And so just make sure that from a relational standpoint, that's where the transactional, it's like seed, 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 seed all over the place. But, and this is where I get a little of the, the, depending on where people sit with this, the woo woo, but the more I, see in my life and others that when we have clarity around what we want, God, universe, whatever you want to believe in, starts to throw you a lot more of that thing. And when you're unclear about what you want, whether it's just the science behind when you think about a yellow car, you see more yellow cars, you get a car and like, I didn't think that car was anywhere. I see that car everywhere, right? There's some of that happening, but it's like when we don't know what we want, that whole Alice in Wonderland, if you don't know what road, any road will do, right? That whole, those cliche things, but there's a truth. So right now, it's like, just be wary on how diversifying are you doing? Because are there areas though, that's what I'm saying. Like when people do real estate, there is, do I enjoy this? Do I see myself enjoying things in the real estate path, right? So as you said earlier, well, man, I, I just, I love telling a story and- um, of working with people and I, I love helping them do the thing. So that can apply to a bunch of different things. But at the same time, there might be ones you do that seem to be 
some more gravitas to it. Like it's some more potency to it where you like it. Right. So it's like, can you start to then lean a little bit more regardless of whether it seems to be fully leaning back is your, I think, analogy slightly there, right? If they come, if I get this job, man, I'm going to cut everything else out. I'm making a website just dedicated to that. And I'll go all after that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's, they're leaning back. So right now you're, you're kind of touching things. You're not really leaning into anything. It's just like, I'm touching a bunch of things and planting a bunch of seeds We'll see which one blossoms. Then I'll attack at full force in that direction. Totally. So are there any, as you're going through the next three to six months, I would just say, don't not change your approach yet. Okay. But as you experience ones that you seem to get a little bit more lit up about, lean into that direction a little bit more and see what happens. Okay. Um, that, that would be what I would say because right now I don't think there's anything wrong with shooting different things, editing different things, you know, meeting with different people and, and seeing what happens at the moment. Um, just as you're doing it, start to, you know, you're chiseling a big concrete block and you're going to end up with David, you know, you're going to end up with something at the end of that. And right now you don't start chiseling the one block and then get another block and start chiseling a little bit or a bridge. I always say people want to get to this other side of this thing. So they start building the bridge and they're halfway there. And they're just like, ah, this bridge is boring. And they just start building and they keep going down the same lane. Now that's not bad. If you like starting bridges and right. you're more than likely of the personality style like me where you're more of a starter than you are a finisher. So, cool. you know, there's a level of, you'll get a lot more enthusiasm to get a project going, to get a thing going, start a thing out. And, you know, again, it's analyzing what you feel best doing because at times in life, what I found, and we're, I don't know, my thing says 60 minutes. Don't worry uh, fully about that. We'll, uh, I like things. I enjoy this. So if you were worried like eight minutes ago, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. we're about out of time. I'm yeah, excited about the conversation. So, um, you know, so one of those things is, is like, there are people who literally have come to find out that being in the business for, call it a year, is what they love to do. So they know that what they can do in zero to a year is explosive. Once it gets beyond a year, they're worthless in the company. They don't, it's, it's what you would call kind of the law of diminishing returns. For that person to continue on in that business, they're going to be not as engaged, not as excited. They're going to be bored with it. They're not going to do as well. And so for them to stay is a disadvantage and a disservice to that organization than it is for them to go, I'm buying out. I got you $2 million of revenue in 12 months because that's my game. And I'm so, going to go find a new person to do it with. Yeah, Having yeah. that level of awareness allows you to say, that's what I'm great at. I'm a starter. I get to hear other people do it. It's when you're not aware or you think, well, maybe other wonderful, magical unicorn people get to do that kind of stuff, but not me. I'm going to have to do the whole shebang. And that's where the but that I kick in earlier with people is that they know what they'd really like. And maybe it's directing. So can you go from, I suck at directing to I'm an A-level, everybody wants me director by literally just snapping your fingers. No, there'll be BS things you got to do and, and being on set at something where you're just getting coffee. Like there's all this junk, but it, to be in that atmosphere, to be mentored under them and to be doing an activity of directing, like you, you can't learn a guitar through osmosis. I mean, there's unicorn people for sure, but you're going to pick up the guitar. really like doing it maybe every day, multiple times a day. And so that's my thing is, is that what you want, if you have any idea of what you want right now or what activity you like, lean into it, 
you'll have to do some things you might not want as much right now while you're getting going. But to me, if I know what I'm wanting, the quicker I can eliminate or get help. So it's two ways. You either go, I will set myself up so I don't have to hire people and I don't have to do it. Or if it's something, you know, my company for a while, it's like I could double and triple project quotes by doing testimonials and interviews. There was a period in my life where I literally would just sell a same day edit video. And I seem to cap around five grand in my business, in my life with just offering, show up, shoot, give you a hard drive, show a video at the end of the event, I'm done. Okay. But I was able to take four and $5,000 projects and get 10 and $12,000 by same time on site, but now also doing some interviews and testimonials but hell on earth for me to edit those. But it right. didn't, if I made 7,000 more, it didn't cost me 6,500 to get those edited as the extra deliverable. If that were the case, I'd probably still just almost say, adios, I'll just do it for 4,500 because I'm done, right? right? But because I could take 6,000 more and keep $3,500, I didn't have that much extra responsibility or effort. And so I just got help. Rather than go, well, I can keep the whole 6000 if I just edit it myself, but my God, it'll be a grind and, and just a pain for me to do that. So I had to have help if I wanted to do that, even though I have the capability and competency. So I've just constantly molded myself to know what I'm great at, what I'm not great at, and how to stay in my zone all the time. Because if I stay there from a happiness standpoint, from other people's happiness, and from a money standpoint, it'll all work so much better than if I'm like, well, I can keep more if I do it. So I either try to eliminate and say, can I keep that from even having to be in my life or business at all? And if it has to, i.e. taxes, which I won't get into, but it's much better because taxes ain't going away unless you want to be real whatever about it. Yeah. Uh, so I got to have help. Got to have help. I don't, I don't personally want to get better at it. I'm not a details, organization, system, structures person. I don't really desire to be or want to be, I'm much better at doing what you do, communicating, meeting people, opening up doors, connecting. So if yeah. I stay there, then it's easy for me to just afford somebody to do that activity that has to be done. Totally. Um, does that make sense? Totally. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, while I do have a little bit of like the control thing where I want to be in control, I'm, yeah. I'm very aware that like, and I have in projects in the past, handed it off to an editor and let them do their thing. Um, and I recognize pretty rapidly that like, I'm going to get an editor and I'm going to get people to help like do the consistent, uh, you know, more structural monotonous stuff because that doesn't light me up. The thing that lights me up is just trying to, like you said, open doors and create opportunities out of the ether. Like that's exciting. Like that's just like. I don't know. It's just Does fun. running a camera and editing it. Let me, uh, you know, sometimes this should be the first thing I ask. <laughs> if, 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 if we could just wave the magic wand and money wasn't an issue. So I'm not going to ask the, what would you do right this second? But I'm going to say, if you didn't have to shoot or you didn't have to edit, but incredible films and videos could, could be created from your ability to go, I opened this door, but here's an incredible, I trust him. He's, in, he's amazing. He will do incredible shooting and lighting and cinematography. And then I got this person over here. They will edit the most epic video on earth. And I just get to open the door, kind of oversee them, 
but I don't have to even touch any of that. I don't have to touch the computer with editing. I don't have to touch the cameras. It just comes to life by me just pointing fingers and talking. How's that sit for you? See, that's tough. Like if you asked me two years ago, I would have said that sounds like the dream. Okay. But out of doing things on my own, I've gotten better at editing and I genuinely enjoy being on set and I enjoy like uh, filming people. So I think it would be, I think there's pros and cons. And that's the thing that somebody brought up the other day to me, which I agree. There's going to be things that when we suck at it, like it does just suck in general. There's a gap, right? We know what awesome is. We know we're not. And so we suck and that's frustrating, but there's also like, like editing for me. I mean, I, I, I'm still very proud of some of the same day edits and highlight videos that I personally edited, but knowing that just as good or better of an edit comes out of it, even though I got really competent and good at it, I still any day of the week would rather somebody else sit in front of a computer for eight hours, three hours, two hours and edit something than I would, even though I got over the hump of sucking at it and then becoming incredible at it. I still don't enjoy editing. So if we take that again, Again, not that you don't have to be on set. Let's just keep dialing down here for a second. Not that you don't have to be on set, but you're on set. But do you like the directing? Or do you genuinely, and there's no right or wrong here, man. Like genuinely from your heart, nobody else, no externals, not me. I don't care what you say here. There's not a right or wrong. I always try to tell no, people. No, 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 I, I know. Like, right? I'm, so like, I'm, do, you, do you personally like running the camera and running yeah. around and, and, and being with the gimbal or a drone? Yep. Okay, it's perfect. fun. Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, I really enjoy all that stuff. So what about um, editing? Real quick, though. Real, what about editing? Editing is, there's more friction there. Um, I would imagine there's more friction for you. There's more, there's more friction there, but it's like, I do get a genuine satisfaction out of like the, pro- like it's a different type of process. You got to come in with a different mindset. I think there's more resistance there. Uh, but the moment I break that resistance and I actually get into the edit, I genuinely enjoy it. Um, I think that's the, the, the topic at hand that gets a little, uh, I don't know if meta is the right word, but I think the thing that I, I, I'm, I'm pulling in the Kevin Hart here for a second just because of the analogy. I mm-hmm. think the, the, the challenge is probably a good word here is that there is a fine balance for taking things from truly an artistic and artist and creative non-entrepreneurial standpoint yep. and taking things from a only entrepreneurial business-minded standpoint. And then there's the hybrid blend of the two. Right. And I think that that's where when you talk about, you know, I was hearing uh, Tiffany Haddith or whatever in his night school, the actress that was in there, she kept saying, uh, generational wealth. I got to have generational wealth. You know, she kept saying this thing about generational wealth. <laughs> I do believe that there is the ability for anybody of any style to just bring in money into the equation to make any amount of money, any right. amount, no matter if you're just truly the artist or you're truly the entrepreneur, or you're this hybrid blend of both. But the artists, them as a whole, that run into the biggest challenge is if they're not entrepreneur at all, or the blend or whatever, but they're just true artists, is that they don't connect themselves 
with somebody more business or entrepreneur minded, if they're not just the most unicorn human on earth with that skill set, that they'll always will be limited with the money that they end up making because they'll only see it one dimensional. They'll be bad at business. If they don't get help and support, then they just get, they just get limited. And that's not necessarily a problem for some people, right? Uh, people would say, some people would say business throws a whole slew of curveballs that people don't like, right? We were saying earlier, like yeah. the same, there's, there's pros and cons to everything. So I take through this lens of people who I, I talk to, who I see saying, you know, when you say, do you have to niche down? Do you have to do this? Well, yeah, there's plenty of examples on this earth of podcasts and this and that and actors and directors who direct all sorts of different things and act in all sorts of different movies and they don't just, some get typecast, right? There's always examples of typecast, not typecast, doing the, everything. It's just, what's a path? And I think we can take this back to how you started it all and bringing up restaurants. What is a path that you will not give up on? That's what it boils down to because it is in the act of giving up. It is in the act of pivoting entirely to something that's unrelated. It doesn't mean you can't take the skill sets and the uh, knowledge that you learned and apply it to maybe another thing. But at times, some things don't transfer as well. So like when I stopped doing weddings, then all the leads that are coming in wanting me to film their wedding aren't going to automatically turn into people that I can coach for a video production company or coach and gym. Maybe I could coach, but is that a, when you say, is that the right transition, right? You email me, Hey, I'm interested. I love your wedding work. Well, I'll do weddings more, but I'm a coach. Now some of that could turn into, Oh really? Well tell me more. And now all of a sudden I get a coaching <laughs> client randomly, but it's again like the big shirt, little shirt, right? Less people who are coming to Michael Gebbin to film their wedding when I don't film weddings anymore, are then going to automatically convert over and be 100% interested in the current thing I'm doing. So it's that, what can we keep doing that keeps moving us forward and we just enjoy the ride and we enjoy the process and we're not quitting. And that's where for me, having jobs that are completely unrelated that take up the majority of our life, so meaning you spend 40 to 60 hours a week doing an activity that you don't really love and doesn't help you grow, as you said, right. do versions of things you'd like to be doing, then that is where how do we potentially evolve and get out of that and at least be doing some kind of activity that is the thing that is going to move us in the direction we're thinking or wanting to go that we can keep doing so there's depth um, in the situation. We don't keep quitting and giving up because, oh, that wasn't it. So you do this for three weeks, you stop, and you go do something else, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, no, it's all, it's all really good points. Um, Where do you sit with this? So I, I want you to have any, what is something that you're not saying right now that you could be direct and, and, and punch me in the face with that may or may not no. be sitting in you in a positive way? <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, everything you're saying is awesome. I just like, um, I think maybe what it is is I'm just impatient with the process. Sure. That style, Maybe. again, your style of personality is a person who has a much lower, right? You're not going to be, there's people out there, again, right or wrong example, but there's people with certain personality styles, male or female, who will end up in a relationship for 25 years before they get the courage to get out of it. And if you're in yeah. something that you don't like, 
you're going to be gone in an instant because you're not going to put up with it, right? So that's your style is impatience. That can either be seen as an advantage or a disadvantage. In certain areas, it's very much an advantage. And in other areas, it's not. So you got to just look through your life at the question I asked you earlier and not look at, I need to change this and do this. I wish I was this person. I wish I was less impatient, but rather look through it through a lens of curiosity and go, where is it working and where is it not? So there's an area right now in my life that I procrastinated on, but something else popped up. And had I not get into the minutia of whether or whether or not this other thing would happen, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I, just to give you an example, there was something I was working on and I was having to do a few other activities with it. And I kept putting it off of what ended up being almost a month from the original date I told some of the people that I was going to do this particular thing, okay? Mm-hmm. In that time now, right towards the end of this month, this other big thing popped up. Had I already gone a lot deeper on the other thing, I might have had a lot more resistance around being able to jump on this other thing right now. If that may. I'm not going to get into the, the things of, of the details of it right now. I'm could yawn. Well, you need to stop procrastinating, right? Da, 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 versus going that procrastination happened just long enough to where then when this opportunity opened, I was available for it. Because if I would have not procrastinated over here, then I might have had bigger issues if this thing would have still popped up. So I just try to now take everything as rather than well, I need to be better at not procrastinating or I need to be less impatient and go, how can I use it to my advantage? Like, is it really hurting me in my life or? Are there areas it's helping? And how do I lean more into the helping rather than too many times, and you're not a pessimist, ultimately, like other personality styles might be, more pessimistic. Right. But it's like, it's easier for you to hear what I'm saying now and go, I'll just look through everything through a lens of optimism and, and positivity. Now, what people misconstrue this at times is there's no pain, there's no struggle. I think everything is good all the time. No. I just told you I was, I, I was late for the call today, you know, and yeah, with yeah, my, yeah. My, my wife's mom and stuff. Like, that's something that is a wrench in our life right now, good or bad, indifferent. Well, who knows? But it is something that happened to us, but we can choose to have that devastate our life. And now it's like, oh, bad slew of things are happening. And watch out, what's next? Right? People do that, right? Something right. bad happens. And now it's like, oh, what next? Oh, that just happened. And then they perpetuate bad things, and then most of those kind of people end up in a life of perpetual bad things not working out, life's happening, you know, it doesn't work out for me, there's other people who are lucky. So for you, it's just look at the areas things are working, look at the areas they're not, and, and look through it through curiosity so you can start to see what areas, when you being more direct and decisive and, and to the point, is really serving you. Totally. Analyze the areas that aren't and see does it matter? Or could I, could I tweak that a little bit? Just tweak my approach just slightly in that. Because I guarantee you, it's never an all or nothing. Because if you know, you're all decisive, all direct, all whatever, well, it has all its pros, but it'll come with cons. And those cons, oh. you have to decide, do you care if they're cons? Because some people don't. And that's fine. Some people do. If you do, then you just have to ask yourself, am I really willing to make some shifts and be a little bit more tactful in certain situations than others. That's, that's the stuff. I already have a bunch of different ideas. Um, just, just hearing you say that like during the conversation, I got stoic and that I have these like these moments where you're like, Oh God, what the hell is this guy thinking? And I'm genuinely just lost in thought and I'm not thinking anything negative about you. Of course. Just being, just being self-aware of that. 
I'll probably say stuff in the next time I'm having a conversation with someone like I have a stoic face, but the moment I'm working with a client, I care about their story and I care about their journey and I want to, I want to serve yeah, I them. I care so much. I have to, I have to dive back in here again because there's something that like, just pops up. that's important. Too many yeah. people who tend to lean to the stoic look on their face do not not care. But if you have contrast in life, this is what happens to me. I have some of that, but I have a lot less of it than most. And so when right. I'm on set, there is a lot more teeth smiling. It's natural to me. It's natural, totally. but I'm doing it. So I'll hear the, you're a breath of fresh air. And man, I just, it's so pleasant working with you. And I'm yep. thinking, who the hell do you work with? Like, is everybody, cause I hear that <laughs> a lot, man. Yeah. But the more I hear people, it's because there's a lot of creatives who do have a lot more stoicness and they're serious and they're really into it. So you don't know what they're thinking. The problem is with people. If you look pissed, they think you're pissed. It's them. Or they, and they, and so it's so them. And, and Right. It's yeah. them. There's something. Right. You, you're not happy. You're not enjoying your job. Even though you could be trying to make sure you're serving them at the highest level and you're doing your best work. But the fact that you do not look happy makes yeah. you think he'd probably rather not. Because that's what I hear when I talk to clients. And then I have to say, well, there's different personality styles. I mean, some of these guys probably don't want to be here. But I guarantee there's other ones who do. But because you have no, not you, but but you're saying you have some of it, right? That non-awareness can help you be a little bit more aware so that you can either bring it up so it nips it in the bud immediately yep. or be even aware to just smile a little bit or because or, or, it's already in you. It's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, so. it's, it's all there and it's, it's good for me to recognize that, that maybe it's okay for me to genuinely say up front, like, hey, I'm going to follow up with you. It's going to seem a little bit forward and I'm, I'm going to pre-apologize for that. I, I'm doing this because I believe in my products and I, I really want to work with you and I want to serve your journey and I want to serve your mission and I'm going to come off really upfront and, and just let me know if I am. But here's what you can do too, right? I love that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but right. a, a great salesman can sell anything and sell against the opposite. So see, here's the thing. You're going to be that way. So what you can sell against, we'll just use me for example. <laughs> some people you can work with. And the thing is, is you need to get something done. And some people are going to beat around the bush and they're going to end up at the same point, but you're going to spend three or four weeks in unnecessary back and forth in email. Whereas to me, my opposite might have, honest to God, 12 emails. We're going to have one or two and we're going to get things moving. So just know when you get it, don't read into it as it's this direct, yeah. I'm being unfriendly or I don't care. It's just that I'm just more to the point than a lot of people are. Um, yeah. I'm just letting you know that ahead of time. Boom, that's all diffused now. And they're not misinterpreting your decisive as not caring rather than, yeah, this is an advantage. Like us having, uh, us having Jackson in our pocket, we're going to get things done on time. We're going to get things done faster. We're going to get things done more efficiently. See, those are your advantages. Right? Totally. The person who's like, let's move in slow motion and take six months to do this might waste more money, waste more budget, waste more time, waste more effort, energy that they don't have. And guess yep. who you'll work with? Not that this is a uh, <laughs> uh, one size fits all to this, but I find that a lot more higher power, powered people in general, people who will spend more money at times, lean actually into themselves being more decisive, direct people though. So the problem totally. is when you're on those lower budget, they don't have any money and whatever, they may or may not be as more the direct kind of people. So they're, they're, you're definitely rubbing some of those kind of people the wrong way because a lot of totally. the people who paid me a lot more money, 
I had to shift my behavior slightly once I started to really learn this. Yeah, see, look at that. Because <laughs> being more like you more right. got me the job than being like, if I'm on the phone, they don't want to freaking screw around with me on the phone for two and a half hours, right? Yep. They're like, I got 30 minutes, man, get to the point. And so I had to start to adapt or I'm not getting that job by needing to take two and a half hours to explain myself. Being direct to them actually was an advantage. So that's right. where, that's what I'm saying. I never want people to think that you need to change your entire approach or that being direct is a bad thing. There might be areas, like we're saying, that it's not working out, but you could actually just shift your front end approach to where then you do the same activity, just adding in that 10 cents there at the beginning, and now you're off for the races. I, I have a feeling that that little shift right there might be huge. I feel, I, like, I feel like that's probably like a thing that I haven't noticed that I'm just coming off hot uh, and they don't recognize that I care about them and that I genuinely want a long-term relationship with them. But I'm just coming off like a transaction. Most people's examples of, imp- I mean, I don't know if you ever worked anybody when you're in the restaurants, right? Where you had a person who was very abrupt. They were very short. They were very to the point. But let's analyze two scenarios here. When they were on the job, they were very direct, to the point, abrupt. You kind of thought they were rude, but you got to know them off-site, and you're like, man, that's a really great person. They really yeah. act a lot different on the job than they do off the job. And they may or may not be aware of that, but that's what happens to people. And so a lot of people who might not experience that person off-site only sees an abrupt, rude, jerk-off kind of person. And so they associate decisive, direct, abrupt people with being jerks and not caring because – People who, who do need that definitely associate people who are shorter with them and more direct as they don't care because they don't have any level of empathy for them. So it's just de- developing that level of empathy. See, that's where for me, when I could adapt and know I have a decisive person and I'm abrupt with them, I win. But when I have a non-person, I know not to be super abrupt and direct with them because I can go a little longer. Now they'll know both of me cares. But now I, I can acclimate to both because both of it is still me. It's just an awareness. And so I'm glad you picked up that that's going to be a big shift because all this work that I'm doing, I mean, you mentioned that earlier, like it isn't the, well, how do you run Facebook ads or get LinkedIn and message them 18 times a day and do all these kind of things? It's those nuances because those nuances tend to move the needle 10 times more than these because that's a lifetime thing, man. Right. Facebook totally. ads and LinkedIn strategies, they're going to come and go every other week and, and change. But when you get your foundational behavior, personality, confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, and that foundationally right, no matter what industry, no matter what tactic, no matter what you're doing, you're going to be able to see it through a filter and lens that's going to allow you to win and succeed with it versus it doesn't matter whether you film weddings you work at the restaurant, you, you direct films or whatever you do, you feel like, man, I, I just can't get anything to work, right? It's because, yep. you know, you got a bad day and you go to your restaurant job and you're a server and you treat everybody like crap and then you complain because you didn't get any tips. Well, it's not because people don't give tips because I guarantee there was some super sweet, caring, bend over backwards waitress or waiter who got a ton of tips that day. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's just a different perspective on everything. Like for me, when I go into a restaurant, I don't want to be the server's friend. I want them to be efficient. I want them to drop shit on my table and I want them to be invisible and they're getting 25%. Whereas other people like my girlfriend, they want someone who's like, Hey, how you guys doing? Let's connect. And I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? 
I want a coffee. Like, what are we doing here? Right, but see, there's the thing, right? So that waiter, waiter, if you're that person, you come in by yourself, you don't want the like, let me kiss ass for her. And now you're like, I got things to do. We don't have, but see, that's, that applies yeah. to all your life. Whether you're doing totally. things professionally or personally, you are a person who likes to deal with decisive, direct, get to the point people. Totally. And so even with me, there's a really fine line that you probably sit with me to a degree between, well, there's not a lot of people like this guy right now who seems to be talking about what he's talking about, right? That's what we we're talking about earlier. So I'll put up with a little bit of his less than directness, <laughs> not, right? You may have, yes, he looks away. Come on, man. <laughs> no, I love it. But there's, is there yeah. not a level? Just be honest with me. Is no, for sure. For sure. There's like, yeah, no, there's like, you're you're pretty heavy winded and like I'll have five things that I want to say and then I'll lose two of them because you just keep going. And I'm like, yeah. dang it. Like <laughs> lost it. And, and, and that, but so I, I sit with that. I, I have less of a like turn red and have my stomach go to the pits because of that. Cause I mean, I even got, that was my exact message. Totally. Uh, well, actually I'll talk about that uh, a little off camera, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's the thing. But so that applies to all aspects. So for me, I write a line because I get that. Yeah. And it still is like, dude, an hour and a half, man. It's evaporated for me. Yeah. No, I didn't even feel the time. Yeah. Right? But so like, that's I, I my thing. It, yeah. So I get away with it, but it's still, I do want to get better, but it takes so much work for me to be super concise. For sure. So I have to go, how much does for me is that causing me issues? And it causes me some, not enough to probably make it a high, high, high priority um, because I've learned that this works for me and who I am. It works way better because I'm not delivering stuff that need, like part of my being able to boost people's self-esteem and confidence and self-worth is through my ability to create different perspectives, create the different scenarios, create the different situations, and really also just energize. If I'm on the call, maybe I'll learn this differently 20 years from now, but I feel still, if I'm on the call for five minutes, at this point in my life, I'm less potent in boosting you up and energizing you than if we're on the call for an hour. For sure. um, and I just have too much proof in that scenario. So, yeah. Well, just, yeah, to, to build on that one idea, however like whatever our personality types are um i had a mentor where i would always get wigged out at like my weaknesses um and he would always say anybody with the same upbringing as you with the same brain as you with the same body as you and the same experiences as you would be exactly where you're at now and it's perfect where you're at now is always perfect great advice um and it's just this, it's this weird dichotomy of like focusing on the weaknesses, but also like being so like fanatically, like not like very, very gentle with yourself almost where you're like, yeah, I suck at these things, man. Hell yeah. Like I'm really bad at that. Like, <laughs> like just being cool with it to, I mean, to a certain it degree. It is the beating like, yourself up that actually causes more problems and challenges for you because totally. now you're in this back and forth in your head between should I get better at these things? Should I work on them more? I suck at them. I wish it's as, as if we want to be amazing at everything. And it's just, yeah. it's really yeah, it's not, not fully possible. <laughs> yeah. 
So any, any final thoughts? I have a few things I do want to, I'll, I'll, I'll say off, uh, off script here. So anything else you want to jam on the, on the, on the podcast here to end out for anybody um, thinking about? Bef- yeah. Before your final rant, I just want to say that, uh, I appreciate everything you've already done for me. Um, all the answers that you've, you've given me, like you're, you're genuine, you're authentic. Um, appreciate I'm a fan and I don't know anything I can do to serve you. I know you're in a really good place in your business, but I just want to be your friend. I just want to be like, I just want to be, uh, <laughs> I want to help you on your journey of, uh, eventually taking out Tony Robbins. That's right. Well, I appreciate that. Well, one day he will be gone. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a waiting, loving, caring way. No, <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate that. I, I really, uh, it means a lot. And I mean, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some more here in a, in, a, in a second, but I mean, the biggest thing for anybody listening and for yourself is, um, you know, tell people, I mean, I, I, you know, cause that's, that's my biggest thing is sometimes what I found through the years is this topic, uh, the work that I do with people, it gets, for some reason it's, it's getting less and less stigma, but it's not as sexy as like, look at this awesome tutorial on how to telegrade this video, you know? Totally. And so it's just a topic that either if people feel like they're getting help or something, they, they don't want to tell people or I've had even people say, well, you're my unique advantage. Like, I don't want to let other, it's like be abundant. There's so much to go around. So if one big thing for me is just, you know, tell people or, or even, you know, in full-time filmmaker, share your experience on it. You know, I'm always just trying to, that's my biggest thing. That's why I'm excited with the Parker thing. It's just like, because his association to tell people, will elevate my like being out there doing what I'm already doing. But it's yeah. like through the lens of who the heck's this random guy that just keeps posting things who seems nice and seems like he cares, but what, what was he doing versus Parker going, Hey, and that's my business strategy, right? So anytime we can, cause I'm always trying to, what, what for me, but for you, anybody listening, it's, it's like, yeah, there's, there's paths of least resistance, right? I could, I spent a year putting versions of eggs in the basket of Parker Wallback and full-time filmmaker. Right. Not fully knowing if anything would ever really come of it. And I still don't have any full, like it's fully like the, the thing I've been presented now with an opportunity that's got to be followed through. But, right. um, you know, there was a lot of other things I could have done. I could have one just kept plugging away fully on my own. I'm trying to build my own YouTube channel and get it to be huge alone almost. But I've just right. found in life, even in the Kevin Hart thing, he's got his one buddy in the buddy. Wouldn't he had so much pride that he wouldn't tell Kevin and a few people knew, but he was, he was like about to be out of money, about to be homeless. And then somebody brought it up and then he says, man, I, I hear you're not doing good. And now the guy has two shows on comedy central and like, all these things, you know, and he's, he's rocking it. And I, I'm just a person who has learned that when I was kind of depressed and not in a good place at all in 2010 and 11, that yep. the worst thing you can do, in my own humble opinion, but is have so much pride to act like, because that was the difference then. I was acting like I'm good. I wouldn't talk to people. I didn't get help. I didn't ask for help. And now in my life, I just, I give my <laughs> Just to, I'll end on this, just to show, and I, I, this was with love. I, you know, part of me says I shouldn't do this, but use an example. But my, my, my wife and her family and her mom, they're, 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 they're stubborn. We got some stubbornness in there. And I mean, right she, you don't know, but she, she's got these crutches. Like she shouldn't be walking. And we come to the house this morning and she's walking like without the crutches. 
And, you know, I joked, I'm like, I said something about, you know, you need one of those, uh, you know, those, uh, uh, oh, now I'm blanking out. I'm having a brain fart, but the little wheeler, like the wheeler things, you know, walker, you know, walker. And Jess goes, do you want her to kill you? And I'm like, I'm like, I ain't got no pride. If I was her right now, I'm like, I go to the grocery store and we, my wife always go, we're only getting one thing and I'll pull a cart out. I'm like, I want something to lean on. Like I got an electric bicycle because I'd rather like have the bike ride be more enjoyable and easy than I would be. So there's areas where life is going to be difficult. There'll be bumps in the road. And I get that. I'm not saying that life won't be hard and I won't know how to deal with it, but it's like there are areas where I don't have to have it be hell on earth. Right? So I make it easier. And some people got so much pride that they won't ask for help. They don't want to be seen with the walker. They don't want to, right? So for me, it's like anybody, ask for help, get help. And, yeah. and this is, you know, a thing that I've learned in the last few years is that for me, I could have so much pride. I got to build my brand by myself. <laughs> Nobody's going to help me. And I'm like, yeah. screw that. <laughs> if I can get help, I will get help and it'll, it'll expedite what we talked about earlier, which is the mission I want to have. And so if I want to have that mission, why make it so difficult? Why have it take a lifetime if there's areas that I can lean on people to expedite that process? So yeah. what this podcast is about, this is what you're on here for, right? We can't see our own blindnesses and, and, and weak spots. So there you go. Thanks, man. This is All awesome. Right. All right. Well, we're, we're going to stop there. Appreciate it. <laughs>